It's 42 years ago since I've been hanging out with Mr. Lee. Shannon, I am so happy you've taken the time to come here today. Oh, it's I great mean, to be here. And to find out what you told me, and you're there because I'm looking on Facebook, mm -hmm. and I'm going, I don't know the guy, and I'm trying to go through your Facebook, you're not posting a whole bunch of stuff, and I said, okay, I don't know that, okay, mm -hmm. maybe that's his wife, maybe, that, maybe that's his wife, I, <laughs> I don't know, so I'm looking through your pictures, mm -hmm. and I'm trying, to, and then you come here and say, well, Mr. Lee, let's see, he's going, Mr. Lee, all right, you said, you taught me at ASIJ. Mm -hmm. That's man, right. this makes me feel so good. Um, I'm, it's a pleasure. It's 42 so years. All of you, all of you that remember me from ESIJ that have a chance to watch this podcast or any of my podcasts, I think I'm going to send it to some of, to some of you that know me. I'm going to send it to you so you can see Shannon. Shannon and Gandhi in your classroom. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been 42 years for my classmates and everybody that knows Mr. Lee. 42 years. You go back from 80 backwards, it would be 1938. And John Lennon got shot shortly when I came back to the States. And that seems like, you know, long time ago, too. It's 42 years ago since I've been hanging out with Mr. Lee. <laughs> and everybody to us, there was in uh, Japan, there was Ultraman right, and right. Kamen Rider, you right. know, Mask Rider, right. and the, the Ranger guys. Right. And then there was Mr. Lee. Come on. <laughs> come on, our, come with, on. Everybody you taught, we thought so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, it's a big Isn't honor right? to be here. Absolutely. Oh. Um, yep. Some kids, uh, Enter the Dragon was on one night, and the next day at recess, everybody was uh, going on, man, did you see Mr. Lee? And I was like, yeah, Bruce Lee, yeah, man, he's kicking butt. And uh, they're like, no, Mr. Lee, you stupid. And uh, and Jim Fukuda and me kind of knew, yeah, that's Jim Kelly. You talking about Jim Kelly? Man, you, you, you're so stupid, Shannon. <laughs> but the people were in the but that's how much power he had over us. They, they were convinced <laughs> it was Mr. Lee kicking butt with Bruce Lee. Mr. Lee and Bruce Lee, yeah. It's, it's, okay, let's start off. Let's start this, this podcast yes, the way sir. I do with most people. But I love it. Mm. When were you born? I was born in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. Uh, March second, nineteen seventy, in Baptist Memorial Hospital, where Elvis's daughter was born. Okay. And my uh, big brother John Paul was born on Union Avenue, also, but he Methodist Hospital. This just the two of you. I thought I was born in Memphis. Oh, no, well, I mean... I mean, siblings. I have other siblings, but... Who's first? Your brother's first? Oh, yeah. Exactly. And you're number two. I'm number two. And then? And then uh, a few years later, before we moved... When we were moving... I, when I was in Japan, my uh, biological father and stepmother had my sister, okay. Lauren. Okay. And then my mother was pregnant when we moved back to the States. And uh, she had she gave birth to my a little other little sister, um born in Memphis. Okay. Uh, her name was Noel, right. and she was named after a classmate of mine at ASAP, Noel Reedy. Why was she named after a classmate? Well, my mom just thought she was such a charming little girl, and she wanted okay. a girl like that. And just by chance, I got in touch with Noel years later on Facebook. She named her son Shannon. Because, because she thought, oh, I like, I'd like my boy to be kind of like Shannon, kind of funny and stuff. But like how many that. years between you guys? Me and my... Uh, between her? Noelle and me? Noelle, yeah. Uh, my How many years? Between you and her? She was born in 81, and my very young, youngest brother's 81. And that's okay. uh, as far as I know. My youngest brother was born also... But he's from your father. Father. I got a father. sister with the... I got a me and my brother. A half-sister from your father. And a half-brother. Half and a half-sister with my stepfather, who's Japanese, and my mother. 
That's Noel. Your mother, your mother married a Japanese guy. Yes, that's why we moved to Japan. Wait just wait, okay, I'm getting a little oh, confused. Cool. It's fine. Start, start, okay. So you're born in Tennessee. Yes, Memphis. Memphis. And how long did you stay there? Stayed till um, till eight, but uh, we lived in off Union, three story house. Okay. Uh, Union is um, it goes all the way down to Sun Records to the river. It's the where all so the all the hospitals are. Okay. We lived off of Union Square um, uh, Overton Square, sorry. That's where all the clubs were. Okay. So we had a three story house. We and were, grew up in Party Central in Memphis. Okay. I mean, there were famous musicians popping by. It was parties almost every was night. Was your father a musician? No, he plays music. Okay. Uh, he's a railroad man. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, absolutely music fan. And it was just a party every night. So me and my big brother, basically we could slip in the zoo anytime we wanted to. We knew how to sleep. We were street kids. Okay. And then uh, <clears throat> they divorced when we were five. And my, you were five. Wait, you were five or your brother was five? I was five. How many years between you and your brother? Uh, two and a half years. Two and a half years. Are you guys still very close? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Where is he? He's in Memphis. And actually, I told him I got a hold of you, and I said, you remember uh, Mr. Lee from He said, no, of course I do, stupid. Yeah, yeah. I said, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we stayed in contact. Um, and so uh, we, my mother uh, was divorced. And my aunt was working at a um, music studio. Mm -hmm. And uh, Memphis is birthplace of rock and roll, right, rockabilly, yes. soul, R&B, yes. and yes. it's not the birthplace, but it's the home of the blues. That's right. So it's so yeah. much music going That's on, right. a lot of studios, especially yeah. that time with stacks right. and all that. Yeah. And uh, my aunt calls my mom and goes, there's a group of really funny Japanese dudes here, and uh, you got to meet them. And my, my stepfather was translating for these musicians. And uh, so your, mom, your mom didn't know them at all? No, they was just... Okay. My aunt called and said, you got to come out, Rita, and let's okay. hang out right. with these guys. Now, is this just your mother's older sister, younger sister? Oh, younger sister. Okay, younger she sister. She was the oldest. Okay. And uh, so, I don't know, the next thing I know, when I was eight years old, we're, we're on our way to Tokyo. With your stepfather? Yes. I but how, well, how, did, how did you take that? I mean, how did you feel about that? I mean, were you close to your father? I was close to my father, but uh, at the same time, uh, you know, it's just, what are you going to do? You could, I could stay with my biological father. You, if you wanted to? If I wanted to. And he had a, a book before we left. Okay. Kind of, I don't, it wasn't a scare tactic book, but we showed sumo. I never saw that. Uh, sushi, raw fish. Then he showed me the Japanese-style toilets. Okay. And it mentioned that ladies come in the bathroom. Right. All these things. Right. So me and my well, brother... none of them were untrue. They were true. No, it was absolutely true, yeah. But when you're not used to that... Right, of course. You're like, what? So he was trying to... He said, now this is what you're going to have to experience if you do it. it so they had a good relationship. I mean, even though they were divorced, I mean, they didn't... Was there any bickering or were they pretty close? Well, not for the most part, no. I mean, he accepted we're going, but my biological father was telling us this to make us really scared, like, sumo and, you know, this. So we arrived at Narita, and it was just built a couple of months before, okay. prior. And... Uh, what year was this that you arrived? 78. 78. It was just two months after. I'd already been here two years. Right. So you, Haneda, maybe? Wait, no, I came in 74. I'm sorry. I came in the Air Force in 74. Okay. But I started teaching American school in 77. So until I got out in 76. I got out in 76. Mm. So I was here from 74 to 76 in the Air Force. Mm. So yeah, that's right. Haneda and the shoot, though, wasn't completed yet. Okay. So yeah, it was 78 when they opened that right. up. So we just arrived and we go to eat. And me and my brother get a, a hamburger or something. Right. And uh, I don't want to say my stepfather ordered sushi because I, I, it was enough scare tactics because we cut on the, the TV was on 
there was sumo on TV. <laughs> so <laughs> me and my brother are just like, oh my God. And we go to the bathroom, and sure enough, my, my brother opens the stall and he goes, Shannon, come over here. And I'm like, oh my God. And about that time, a cleaning lady comes in. It was like everything <laughs> at once. Everything your dad said yeah. was coming true. <laughs> it was coming true just like that. And when you first came to Japan, did you, what, do you remember the first time you tried milk? Yes. Like the difference? Yes, because it's not homogenized. Right, because this milk is not homogenized. So, and it was just completely different. So the, the first day of school, we have yeah. cereal and we get our milk. And I took a bite and I said, Mom, you know, this milk's bad. Yeah. She said, oh, you're just being silly. And she said, that milk is bad. <laughs> so we had to ask our stepfather later about the, and he goes, oh, no, that's, that's good milk. Yeah, because it's not homogenized. Right. right. But yeah, all these All these things, things were different. Yeah. And we didn't know Konnichiwa or nothing. And we lived in Misasakai. Okay. Um, which is convenient to get to uh, ASIJ. Right. But um, there was no for I mean, there's ICU, but there are no kids. Right. We were the only foreigners in my neighborhood. Absolutely. I mean, now it's different, of course, but absolutely. And all the kids at ASIJ, they all live, you know, Akasaka and Azoblu and all these nice places. No, no. Not where you live. Mm-mm. No, a lot of a lot of fighting for two weeks. Really? Absolutely. Gaijin and rocks and oh come uh, on, absolutely. In 78, 78. This was seventy eight. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Oh, when I was absolutely. An adult, so it wasn't yeah, right. Right. Exactly. Right. Oh kid. no, it was down dirty. And but me and my brother, <laughs> me and my brother were from Memphis, and, and you took care of yourself. You know how to handle it. Was it was just two of us, so we just figured, you know, instead of pushing like they, we'd punch you in the nose, you know, and it just freaked the kids out. So we made diplomacy by like baseball, and then they got to like us. And then we're all friends, we're all buddies. And then they want to declare war in the next apartment building of the Sky Heights. So we're with them though. So we're, we're gangs, you know, we're, we're View Heights. I swear, it was like really, looking back it's really silly, but it's, it's, no, no, it's that's the way it was. Do. That's what kids do. And we'd go to ASIJ, and when we first went there, some of the Americans were great, but uh, it was mostly, Kids from Europe and Africa. They, they, were expat, they were expats. They'd traveled a lot already. So of some of the American kids teased us first right. because of our accent. Okay, right. But the accents were stupid. They'd call us Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. Okay, that's all they knew. Or yeah, Elvis Presley. Knew. That's all they knew. Or yeah. Elvis, which to us is cool. That's right. They were from, we're like, oh, Big E? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was, and then they, would, they, they became cool. But yeah, that's it was right. kind of tough at first. That's it. That was, that was the beginning. You're it right. was a different time, too. It was, most definitely. Yeah. Wow, so so you grew up here, you came here when you were five? I came here at eight. At eight years old, how long did you stay? Till ten years old. So just two years? Yeah. And, and then what happened? Where'd you go? We from? moved back to Memphis, and uh, it was it was tough. Why? Uh, well, we lived in East Memphis, which is middle class. Okay. But they have the busing system there. And uh, we were bused, uh, well, John Paul went and just stayed with my father. He didn't come back the second year, by the way. He went back to America and he stayed with my dad. I came back to ASJ. He only went one year. Okay. So. Um, well, he just had enough. He just. Didn't want uh, he to... just maybe wanted to stay with dad. Okay. Right. Which he regrets now. He said. Really? Yeah. He said, "Man, it seems like you got more the second." I said, yeah, "Absolutely. You learn more, you know." That's oh, yeah, right. Yeah, and you the get around more. completely different. Yeah. Right. So um, and then he uh, so uh, when I moved back to Memphis, I was bust about an hour away, and I know a lot of people don't know Orange Mound, but Wikipedia Orange Mound, uh, it's the ghetto of the ghettos of Memphis. 
Memphis. Is this a white ghetto or a black ghetto? No, no. It's, it's a black ghetto. Don't be white and orange bound. Don't be, don't be white. It well, was what the are you second, doing, what what are you doing a, going there? We then? were bust. What? Oh, that's when they had the exchange thing. Yeah. They were trying to integrate. So and was, some of the black kids were sent to your school, to the white they, school. If they did, I don't know about it, because I right. was going to Magnolia, which was in Orange Mound. Orange Mound was second to Harlem only <laughs> in population of blacks, which is not a big deal normally, saying, right? but when it's the hood, it is a right, big deal. Big deal. Okay. And now, if I went to White Haven, which is the hood, right. uh, if you say something about Orange Mound, or I went to Orange Mound, they're like, dang. They would say that. They would say that. Anybody in Memphis, you mention Orange Mound, it's like, oh. What about now? Is it the same now? Orange Mound's pretty bad. It's still pretty bad. Memphis is... Uh, I've only been there once. Right. Memphis is a river city, so mm -hmm. the first businesses like New Orleans or St. Louis are um, bars, gambling, prostitution. Okay. The first businesses. I hear you. But I, it, hear. It, 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 I don't know if it adds to it, but uh, it's Memphis can be great, but uh, there's... Like, I don't know if it's number one now, but it's always in the top three okay. murder cities. So, and it's gotten worse. So, what was it like for you at school when you went in there? You just you uh, was you're, only you're, com you're coming from the American right. school, this environment, international ASIJ, right. fantastic These school, kids from everywhere cool. in the world. Cool. The first thing that happened to me, and I forgot the word. Uh, I walked in and registered with my stepfather, and my aunt. For some reason, I don't know what my mom was up to. And the first word out of one of the students' mouth came up to me and went, honky. Honky, that's right. That's and I right. was like, oh my God, I forgot all about that. Oh, right. Because you didn't know it before. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Right. Before, but I didn't realize that. Like, yeah. You don't go around saying honky or anything. So I was like, oh. And uh, it was the, I had one white teacher, but the rest, there was maybe five or six white kids in the whole thing. And they were from my neighborhood that were bust. But why did, I don't understand. Why would they only take a few of you? That was, the, I guess, the... That. Did you have to have lottery or whatever? Not that I'm aware of. That's Just interesting. That bus would come to my apartment complex and maybe kids across the street, but our complex. And the kids that were the white students were from my apartment building. So I don't know if it's a block or how they choose it uh, or if it was experimental even. <laughs> no. right, right. But I'll tell you, uh, even though it seems like it would be, I'd get beat up every day, it really didn't turn out like that. What happened? Well, they, they'd try you out. Okay. They, they try you try you out, right, right. you know, and uh, if as long as you you turn out cool and you stick up for yourself, did and they you can respect? You. Absolutely, <laughs> you had to. You didn't have a choice. But it's so bad, it was so bad. Luckily, gangs had guns. Like right. now, it's all over. Right, uh, right. But uh, oh, it was old time, old school chains, chains, knives, and you could look out the window and watch gang fights at my school. We were at a bus. The bus stopped when there was two gangs getting into it, and we couldn't. We were at the stoplight, and I saw this guy with a cutoff gardening hoe just go whack. And I just came back from Japan. Right, right, right. So it was really traumatic. So how long were you in that environment? I mean, where you had to be bused? Oh, uh, yeah, well, uh, let's see, we moved from there to a, um, um, it was right outside of Memphis where we moved, and that was uh, kind of polar opposite. It's all, a polar it was opposite. All white, all white. Uh, there, no, there was there were some black students. It was majority white. Yeah, okay. and and even though South Haven now is like a huge place and it's totally different, at that time even rednecks would say, oh, "Man, that is redneck," or you know, um, tornado bait. Okay. <laughs> tornado like right, living right in, in that, the, right. like trailers and stuff right, like okay. uh, tornado bait. And sure enough, it was tough. And they they the white kids gave me the hard time because I had a strut. What do you mean a strut? 
a strut when I'd strut down. Well, who's that? After going to Magnolia. <laughs> I had like a pop in my step. And so, oh man, it was like, it was pretty bad. Uh, and and my, my, unfortunately, my stepfather was um, really harassed. He slashed our tires. Um, yeah, we were really unwelcome there. Um, so from him being in Japan, most of his friends are like huge musicians, like a Yellow Magic Orchestra. Right. Yes, he yes, gave yes, Sakamoto yes. his first music job. I mean, wow. big deal. Uh, them coming to our place, uh, Yamashita Tetsuro, all mm-hmm. these different musicians. He's like everybody, like celebrities. And when we went back to Memphis, he had to work at Benihana. You know, it just, it just, you know, hurt him bad. How long did you stay there in that environment? That redneck did town. To we, I went to that school uh, as long as I could. And my my stepfather and mother uh, chose to move to Hawaii. After how many years of being there? How old were you when they moved to Hawaii? Twelve-ish. Uh, Twelve-ish. Yeah, so you 12. went to school in Hawaii? No, I was had the option. And we, I've been to Hawaii many times because we used to have to stop over, you know. So we'd stay a week, and I loved it. But I, I didn't get to spend much time with my biological father. So oh. I said, you know what? I'm going to stay with Dad, and I can come over for the holidays. And he has a big farm. So lifestyle completely changed. Well, what about the school district? Much better? It was better. It was mm-hmm. in DeSoto County, which has that other school, but it's still they were not the same. They were farmers, basically. Oh, no. Well, my, my father's a conductor. No, the, the students were just whatever jobs okay, or whatever, okay. but um, it's it's about 30 minutes outside of Memphis. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, now it's huge. But at the time, it was about 2,000, 2,500 okay. people. Now, it's it's small town, but um, where my father lives, he has a huge farm. And uh, so, it was a different challenge. And I think you mentioned okay. something about going a new place and finding out you know new things and oh I made a <laughs> waking up before the sunrise and it was me and my brother doing this so he had he had some rules you guys had to abide by he just yeah I mean he would he would he was a conductor on the railroad so he would you know go off and we were left to feed the horses so how long would he be gone oh it depends on the road trip or you know he's a conductor so um, would it be over a day or oh more usually and it'd be week. just the two of you no, my stepmother was there, and my okay, little okay, brother okay. and sister, who okay. I'd also babysit on top of that. Right, right, okay. uh, but, oh yeah, we, it's just, you have chores. So I wasn't used to it, and I was with my big brother again. Right. And we were sharing almost like an outhouse, I guess, okay. from the rest of the house. Okay. So it's just me and him, right. and we're teenagers now. And oh, it was, it was, it was tough. Yeah. What were some of your chores? What did you have to do? What was a typical day? Oh, okay, you'd wake up about 4.30. Mm-hmm. It's before your breakfast. Wake up 4.30. Um, either well feed the chickens, then you collect the eggs, and some of the hens, they're you know they're going crazy on you. They're, they're so yeah, they don't want you to touch them. Right. We had a lot of rabbits. Um, that's good food, <laughs> and you have to feed the rabbits. Um, then we'd feed um, well, the horses, and the thing is with my father's horses is he has thoroughbreds. Okay, and they're all related to the secretariat. Secretary, yes, right. yeah, Resource, yes. they're high, really mm-hmm. high, strong horses. Mm-hmm. So if you, you're kind of slow pouring the food, they're right. right. And this is every morning. And they're six foot tall. The six horses feet, themselves, yeah, yeah. yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah they're, yeah, they're there. back from there. Wow, they're and they're horses. really uh, temperamental, yeah. beautiful, beautiful horses. Right, but, right. Um, and then after all that, we'd come in and uh, change our clothes, and then come in and eat and take a shower and 
uh, we had to go to a county line actually to go to because if we didn't we'd have to go to a worse school and the bus driver was really cool she knew my dad and she we'd act like and we used my uncle's address and we go to that you. school that was about two years and okay. uh, we did get to go to Hawaii for vacation which was like and I thought oh I just Who was oh you had to see your mother yeah day and night and then uh, my mother and then came back in 84 and immediately as soon as I could get out of that farm I ran up to my mom's in Memphis just for about another year and my stepfather asked me uh, okay I'm making a choice uh, New York or LA I said are you joking this is the 80s I said LA baby you know I mean I was a Dodger fan before I lived in LA so why, why did you choose well, how, what was the choice on he was gonna he could either go to New York or LA go to LA like set up job oh is that right yeah so you left that to you and your, to, to you or to just you and me. your brother? Just me. Okay. My your brother, brother stayed with your father. Yeah, he stayed long. And um, <clears throat> I was like, LA, you joking? <laughs> I mean, is that, you know, are you, are you kidding? And um, yeah, that was a whole different trip. I mean. But you're out of school. Were you out of school by now? Uh, no, sir. I was 15. 15, okay. So where'd you go to school in LA? I went to Culver City, Culver which City, is West okay. Side. Yes, I'm from Los Angeles. Right, right. Yeah, okay. I, I'm aware. Um, okay. Uh, I, I lived where, where our apartment was was Mar Vista. Okay, Mar Vista. Yeah, it's, which is Culver City, Marina del Rey, Venice, right. and Santa Monica. Which oh, I loved it. It's, it's everything like you dream of these things, and even in school in Memphis, like uh, CT. Okay, everybody's going to be cool, and and I went there, and there I was like, I'm the coolest guy here. Come on, guys. <laughs> and people were looking. At, I mean, there were some you know weird out people, right, but. Right. I was like, man, I'm not, what? I thought everybody's like dancing, right, and it's right, all cool. Right. And then it was, but there's cliques, very strong cliques. So you have the cholos, you know, right, which right. are Mexican gangsters, right. and the cholas have eyebrows right. like right, that. Right, right. And you have the hip hop kids, you have the heavy metal kids, you have like the punk kids, you have the new wave kids. And um, yeah, they were really cliquish. But what got me, at, like I'd go to the UN of all these cliques. Okay. What it was was, First, um, first period was physical education. Everybody was there. Yeah. Now, if it's if it's later in the day, I'd be more than happy to join. But it was the first period, and I'd done my hair, and I'm dressed up, and I don't want to be sweaty the rest of the day. So we'd go into the bleachers. So it'd be me and a couple of heavy metal guys, some cholos, kind of like you know. I gotta try, I gotta try. And we would all have to hang out. Some of them were smoking something. You yeah, know, right, I'm not going to go in detail. Right, right, right. Uh, you know, but we got to become friends. So, like, I'd walk around, you know, at lunchtime or whatever, and my cholo's like, hey, Chanon, what's up? And I'm like, hey, what's up, dude? And like, his friends are like, man, you know that guy? They're like this. Then the same thing with heavy metal guy, like, hey, man, you know, and they're like, dude. Yeah. But it was really cool in that way. Yeah. And you just make your way, you, you learn how it works. And, but it was, yeah, it was. Did you show. stay through that school till you graduated? Yes, sir. And then after that, what did you do? Did you go into college or you decided to? I didn't college? right away go to college. Okay. That was later. Um, wow, that was, I did so many jobs. I, when I first moved to Memphis when I was 10, 11 during that summer was my first job. Mm -hmm. And it was with Japanese kids who were about my age. Doing what? Well, there's Shark Corporation in East Memphis. And um, I was going to, uh, my mom put me in an um, acting class. You know, just, it was fun. Um, and uh, it turned out that the, one of the heads of that had a summer program for these kids, but a lot of the kids from Sharp were Japanese kids and could not really speak English. And they asked me to 
So did you picked up some? You picked up some Japanese anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, right, of course. And it was also a natural Japanese. It right. wasn't like watakushi no, you right, know. Right, it, was right. like, it was natural, right? Yeah. So because the Japanese kids, that's how I learned in TV. There was no Miss Moore and all them were great, but yeah, that's how I learned. But um, yeah, I, I uh, let's see. I did a lot of jobs, and I think that I got a lot out of it. Uh, one of the real good jobs I had, or great jobs actually, I worked at a music store at Beverly Center. And it was a huge store, and every day, at least three or four celebrities would come in because mm-hmm. that's where they'd shop that's for right. records. That's right. And I knew my music because I was in making music and working in bands and right. stuff, and I, w- I knew what was cool. What instruments you, were you playing? Now I play bass and keyboards, okay. and I used to write by keyboards, and I'd have a guitar player and stuff like that. Where did so you learn I, music? When did self-taught. You learn? Um, also, really? yeah. I mean, a lot of people. Like the Beatles could not read music. I know that. I know that. Like, no, I, some of the, your best musicians sometimes are the people that have picked it up by ear right. first. Well, my 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 biological father loves the blues. He just like even today, he just just always plays. Have uh, different musicians. Music was always around us. How's your father? How is he now? Right, right now? Oh, he's at the farm with uh, his. I think now. I think it's down to twenty thoroughbred horses. Uh, Tip of farm retired. He had a he retired actually a little early because he was on a train wreck, a head on, wow. where he he jumped, he knew what happens and when a train collides, the cars go up about way high like okay. five floors or so, mm-hmm. and he knew that and he jumped off ahead of time and started crawling, broke his um, shoulder doing it, right. but kept going and you know all these thorns and stuff and <clears throat> kept going and kept going and sure enough where he jumped, that's where it landed, wow. and he saved one of his friends but his friend died in his arm and it oh, just wow. but I mean they, they, they compensate a little bit but mm-hmm. he's still he's cool now he's got a beard and he you know, how, old kind of old now? how old is he now he's 78 78 okay mm-hmm. yeah he's uh, old hippie he grows his own stuff and smokes and plays the guitar he's a happy he's happy <laughs> Does he, is his wife still with him the same yes wife? yeah okay. they've been together since 75 when my mom and him split how's your mom doing my mom passed away about, oh, oh it happens, 1999. Okay. She, uh, and what's sad is we had a, f- I put her on a flight. She got her inheritance from my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, he was a railroadsman. Um, and uh, she she always wanted to, she was a writer and she always wanted to be a writer in England. Okay. She was an Anglophile, kind of like myself. And, um, she was. She had a little bit of the inheritance. She was blowing it, and acting irresponsible, and drinking a bit too much. And I called my buddy who had a travel agency, and I said, "Hey, let's get her." And I bought the ticket. I didn't take it out of her money. Mm-hmm. Getting her to England, and I made all the arrangements. And I called the cab, and I told her to pack her bags. You're going today. And um, I told the cab driver, "Don't you stop anywhere." And I got his card and everything. And he was, and she turned to me, and she was so angry, and, but she wasn't in her right mind. And she said, "I never want to see your face again." Okay. And that was the last time we actually saw oh, each wow. other. But we made up after that, of course. I mean, she said, <clears throat> "I'm so sorry," and she ended up opening a, a gallery, a, a art So she shop, did go to England. She did go. She right. met a really nice guy. She had. She got. But what happened to your your stepfather? He he stayed in L.A. for a while. Uh, he's. Uh, were they divorced? They were separated. Okay. Um, with my my little sister, and he stayed there in for a good amount of time, and he passed away mm. uh, five years ago. Okay, 
from cancer. So you kept in contact with him as well? Oh, absolutely. We stayed okay. all the whole time in contact. We were close. Uh, basically, mm -hmm. even my stepmother, I'm very close. She actually knew me before she knew my father. Because when we were in Memphis in that house, right. I would play outside naked. Say, I'm the wizard and all this stuff. And I had my Doberman with me. And, and she always, she was really young. She's about 20, just okay. moved to Memphis. Okay. And, uh, and then, okay, we'd go, go put your clothes on, little boy. How old were you when you were doing this? Around five. Okay. Yeah, I mean, not, 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 it, <laughs> I, mean, like I was, I was about nine or ten years old. Eighteen. Eighteen. But she, thank you. She worried about us because mm -hmm. she'd see sometimes right, we were alone. Right, right. And um, yeah, I would talk to her, and she had comic books and had Kool Aid, and which nowadays would be weird. Oh, you can't do. You it can't now. do that. You can't do that. No. But uh, yeah, and then one day somebody poisoned our Doberman, and uh, yeah, and she she was with her friend. Our dog was our guard dog, but mm -hmm. it was a good dog. Mm -hmm. I mean, even all these musicians and stuff like that uh, would come by, and we're talking really cool people like Joe Walsh, Albert King. I mean, really amazing people. Yes, yeah. And it was a party almost every night. Mm -hmm. um, our dog was basically cool and would look after us. And if we walked around the block or the square, our Doberman was right there. And somebody, I guess, didn't like our dog, and we found it, and I didn't know. I was like, Duchess, wake up. And she happened to be curious, so curious about it, she decided to come over and check out the house. She knew me, but, and she saw us crying, and she goes, where's your, where's your dad, where's your mom? I said, they're not here. And she goes, do you have any relatives around here? I said, oh, my, our uncle works there at the candy store. And so she took us over there, and she started, you know, they're, they're alone, and he goes, yeah, they're, I'm close by, so, you know. And um, she was saying, what kind of parents? And she goes, well, he goes, well, my sister's working right now. And uh, then that time my father walks in the store and she cursed him out. That's how they met. Yeah, and he laughed at her. <laughs> but that, that's how the spark started. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's weird stuff. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, but the, yeah, I have the music store, Johnny Depp, who's in big news right now. Mm -hmm. um, what, you know, in the rule, when you're in LA, especially celebrities, you can't, I mean, some people do approach him, but you right, act but cool. But you know, you, you act, act right. just you as just, cool you as... You act as if this is every day. Every day. Right. And that's, a lot of them like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one thing. One of my closest friends' father is Barry Osborne, <gasps> the movie producer. Wow. Do you know anything yes. he did? Okay. Yeah. I've, I've been on the set with him. I drank wine with him. His best friend's Coppola. I drank right. Coppola's wine from his vineyard oh, yeah. with him. If yeah. I was into acting, that would have been it such so, a... That would have been right in there. Yeah, right yeah. In. But... Um, but yeah, Don, Johnny Depp, I, I, he, it's Christmas, and I had to work in the nerd area, we call it, where it's hardware and stuff like that, or games. He brought these laser discs, and uh, he wanted to talk. He goes, hey, man, have you ever checked this out? This is before he was super huge. This is around Edward Scissorhands. Mm -hmm. I said, Night of the Haunted. He goes, yeah, Robert Mitchum. He goes, oh, man, it's creepy, man, it's cool. I said, I might have seen it a long time ago. We're going through it and talking about it. He talked to me about it about 40 minutes. That's beautiful. Uh, but it's everyday things like that. Right. And then uh, I worked at a, a flower store was the manager. And uh, upstairs was Robert Redford's manager. So I saw him about three times a month. And as old as he is, he would wear blue jeans, white shirt, just, he just glue. And he was super down to earth. After that, I worked at a hotel in Santa Monica. Samir Maher uh, Sheraton at the time. Howard Hughes and all these cats used to party there. Like it was old, old school. It's right. a historic hotel right, in okay. Santa Monica. Okay. Um, but there, Pat Morita, uh, he had to stay for, I don't know, shoot 
and I believe he'd live in LA, but I guess it was close by. Mm -hmm. He stayed there about a month or two. And I don't know, the staff were big on me living in Japan and all these things. They mentioned, so he kind of chose me to look after him. Wow. And he was this beautiful girl with him. And he, he, he's a Nisei, so he, you know, but he, he does, he knows enough words and stuff. Right. And then he would say some things, you know, bad about like the concierge or something mm -hmm. in front of me. And the concierge, what did he say? Oh, he goes, thank you so much for your help. He would get in a brawl with his, his uh, get in an argument with his girlfriend and throw her clothes out. And then the security would call me, uh, Janet, can you go up and talk to Mr. Marita? I'm like, Pat, come on, you can't do this. I mean, it was really cool. Uh, Bill Murray was the funniest. He oh. made fun of my name. Really? Yeah, he, uh, I brought his stuff out to the bungalow and he goes, come in, Shannon. He goes, you know, uh, yeah, sit that up and he get good chips. And the next day, it's just me, and I don't know if he looked at the peak hole or whatever, he goes, oh, open the door, come on in, Shannon. He goes, you know, I've never met a man named Shannon. <laughs> he goes, you know, I've been to the airport, I've, been to, I've seen the river Shannon. He goes, you gotta be the first guy I've ever met named Shannon. And I said, they, they exist. Did he ask you how you got your name? Who named you? No, no, he okay. didn't ask But who me. did? How did you get Shannon as a name? There's, dude, my mother says it's from a Richard Burton character in The Night of the Iguana, he played Father Shannon. You. That's the story. Now, my okay. father tells me nowadays, he goes, you know, I'd go out of town on the railroad. And that was my other alias. <laughs> it's Shannon something. I always liked the name. Shannon, actually, there are yeah. more girls uh, named Shannon, but it actually means God of Rivers in Gaelic. Okay. Okay. Or yeah. Old Man River. Okay. So it's actually so it's a male's a name, name. But it yeah. sounds pretty. Right, right. But in Japan, a lot of people, they confuse it with Sharon. Right. So right. that's why we, I had my English school in Kobe. I chose just to go William and keep my name. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when Facebook, after I had the school for, you know, had it for 10 years, but when Facebook came around and I had to go ahead and put my school up, I went by William Shannon Gandy. So mm -hmm. some people, I had my best friend from Memphis. We lost contact for 20 years. I even thought about, I thought about calling a PI for, looking for it because we were so close and we lost contact. He wrote me out of the blue. Uh, and he goes, I just want to ask a question. If this is the wrong person, I'm so sorry. But um, is this Shannon that lived in LA, that originally came from Memphis, and that knows that I love Prince, and uh, da da da, and all this stuff? And uh, I, wrote, are you, I wrote him back. I was like, David? I said, man, I've been looking for you, but his name was David Lee Johnson. Okay. <laughs> Wouldn't it be easier to find me? But he's still asking, are you the same cat? I'm like, <laughs> but that's the cool thing about Facebook. Like yeah, a lot of these, a lot I mean, of these people out so there. many people together, I believe. Yeah. And yeah, so after the, that long, 20 years, yeah. So, okay, so what brought you, you're in Japan, how long have you been here now? Oh, it's been, uh, you know, in the 90s I came up, I was working for Astro Music a lot, which okay. is, uh, well, let me remember his name. Because I know him, but he wasn't immediate with me. Kobayashi Asei. Okay. Kind of big guy. You'd know him if you saw him. He wrote oh. more than 6,000 songs alone. Right. He, owned, he was the owner of Astro Music. Did you come over here as a songwriter? Planning to no, my, my Japanese family, I came over to visit when I was 16 for summer vacation. Okay. And actually went over and stayed at the Fukuda's house right. for a couple of days. Right. And it was just Ken. I think the folks and everybody was gone, so it was just me and Ken. Right. And right. we're 16. Right. Uh, they came to see me when I first moved to L.A. Oh, is that I was right? 15. Okay. And they actually stayed at the hotel where I'd later work at. Wow. Isn't that trippy? Isn't that something? Yeah, I have photos of that. Um, but yeah, so I, I'd visited then and then um, 
after that was I was 24, mm -hmm. and uh, that was just a blast. I had a lot of money, so that hotel money was great. I can imagine. I, well, the tips and everything. The right? tips plus you eat. You for got free. to keep all tips. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the the food was great, and that's free, and you get your salary. Right. Right. So as busy, I would say, a very busy day. You're looking at 600, 700 bucks. Tips. Tips. That's just the tips. That's tips. I wouldn't have to touch my salary. My friends would call me up after work, and we would party, and yeah. So how long did you work there? I worked there about a year. A year. And then you came to Japan? No, well, I mean, uh, during other jobs, I already, since I had some music connections, I, I would go over and I, uh, when I was uh, 24, mm -hmm. that, when I took my friend over to Japan, I met it with some connections, stuff like that, and they worked for Astro Music and introduced me. So they would have a project, and plus the limit of visa, three months, and, you know, you're not supposed to work and things. So I was a That's ghostwriter, right. uh, so they'd have projects. And I'd come over about three months of the year or mm -hmm. so. Um, that you did that right after you worked in the hotel? So you started shortly after. Shortly, shortly after. after, okay. Mm -hmm. So you started coming in three month stints? Or would you just three months and actually leave for three days and come go, right back? Oh, no. Career, no, because it was good money involved. I would go back for a couple of months. Okay. And I'd work, work something. Right. Um, and then um, yeah, come back. Uh, that was a trip. And then. I moved back permanently. I moved away from Los Angeles permanently, mm -hmm. and uh, after my mom died, so it was 2000, right after 1999. Yes, so the spring of 2000. You moved where? To Japan. Okay, your mother had just passed. Yeah, and um, or something. Yes, sir. And uh, I moved back to Japan. Decided me and my wife, my first wife, divorced, and uh, any I, children by her? Yes, sir. Uh, my oldest child's 29. He's uh, William Britton, and uh, mm -hmm. my daughter's 26 now, Maylin. Same, same one, same mother. Same mother. Okay. And uh, she's sweet. We stay in contact, right. and uh, they live in LA. Okay. And then I moved to Osaka first, and played around there a little bit, and then came to Tokyo, but actually Odawara, and worked for an English school. Okay. Shortly, just you know, you got to pay the bills, mm -hmm. and then. Uh, Met a girl in Kobe and moved to Kobe, and I lived in Kobe for ten years, a very long time. And when I first when I went to Kobe, I bought a school. Okay. And it was from a Canadian guy, and he had about fifty people, students. Okay. And wow. uh, from that, oh, I, he wouldn't teach children. And this was a in Kobe, the area I lived was a bedroom town, so okay. lots of kids. He just said, I don't like kids, eh? You know, and he moved back to Canada, and I said, okay. okay. So I knew. I took in. I took in college. I took um, business management. Okay. So I knew how to get things together and get it going. Right. So, so then after then, it wasn't just my school. It's corporate classes, and it took off. It was good for ten years. You did that for ten years. Yes. And how I had big a, how big a staff did you grow? From fifty to, if you include corporate class students, probably. No, I mean, I mean your employees, the people working for you, not the students. Oh, at the most. Well, first it was me until right, okay. I couldn't help it, and right, I right. gradually. Probably five. Five people. I'm just okay. trying to think at the time. Gotcha. But towards the end, right. it became just, you know, heavy. And I had two kids when I was in Kobe. Um, you got married again? Mm hmm Okay, this time, your first wife was in Japanese. Yes, she was. The one in the U.S. was Japanese? Yes, I met her in Los Angeles. Okay, but was she Japanese-Japanese? Yes, she, she, she was Japanese-Japanese. Her name is Ditsuko. 
Calaitisco. <laughs> she, she still lives. She, she, actually, she still lives in Los Angeles. She loves LA. She's not leaving LA. She's a surfer. How, how old was she when she moved there? She moved, she actually went there for college and never left. And never left. And I met her when she was college. She was uh, oh lord, she was there. Let's see, she was nineteen when I met her, okay. and she was a mother at twenty. Okay. Um, with pregnant with your first child. With my first child, okay. it happened really quick, okay. and okay. I was a young. So I couldn't go to college immediately. Right. I put that off, and while I was working, I went to um, Cal Poly. Okay. Um, and it was uh, Pomona. Right. And I was, but I was a little bit later, twenties, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, but in Kobe, I had, um, I talked to my oldest boy there. Uh, this morning, actually. How old is he? He's seventeen, 17. and the youngest one's fifteen. Okay. So, so you have two boys by your second wife, mm -hmm. Nicholas and Charlie. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you just have you have four kids total. Total that I know of. That you know of. <laughs> <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> but, and you've been married twice. Yes, but I, I'm married currently. Oh, so you have, so. you've been married three times. Yes. Okay. And this wife had a cat for you. That's a cat. We had <laughs> we adopted two cats. One of them passed away a couple of years ago. Okay. We, her, but it is her baby right it's now. It's her baby. I know it is. Her baby. Listen, I know pets yeah. in Japan particularly. Yeah. That's a family member. Absolutely. Well, I think anywhere in the world, to be honest. You know, mm, yeah, that's true. People love their animals. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I understand Unconditional it. Unconditional love, except for like last night with you, that was no love. No, my that cat was... kept me up. I only got two hours sleep. What, 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 is it he or she? It's a he. he what, he wanted you to play with him or something or what? He, he gets, he's a crazy cat. He's, we adopted two cats. Okay. And, uh, and now, thank God, now it's common in Japan. Used to be just pet stores, you know. I'm glad they're getting into adopting them. And uh, I knew I wanted that cat as soon as I, we came to the, was down the stairs, and he came out to greet us. He's almost like a dog. He'll run to the door when you come. And um, and I played with. Him. I said, "Oh, and he's a Japanese bobtail." Okay. Yes. And um, then there's another real cool cat. She was uh, really mellow, and my wife liked her, so she named her Moi, which in Hawaiian means kind of lazy or sleepy, and. Uh, I watched it, I said, he is Hendrix. Because he's kind of mellow, and he likes being loved and stuff, and then he'll just And he's, actually, when you put it in human age, he's my age. He's your age now. Like, if, yeah, yeah. I can, and I can go a little while, I can dance for a little bit, and then I'm tired. He can just keep it up. Keep on going. Oh, he kept me up all night. Mm. Oh, in the morning, I was so mad at him. I'm glad you made it anyway. Well, I, I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna miss out miss, seeing Mr. <laughs> Lee. Absolutely not. Thank you. So, okay, so you came over here, you met your wife, you got married. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is after, wait, so when you had your school, were you married then? Oh, I got married, and when we bought, me, me and my second wife agreed what we're going to do. Well, what am I going to do? Right, she right, was working right. a couple now. I okay, said, right. you know, I know the English teaching scene and all this, and I said, and this, and it came up. I said, oh, this guy's selling his school. Let's call him right away. And um, yeah, and he said, I'm so happy. I mean, you know, the, it, I was right on the dot. And it happened to be a few blocks from where her parents live. My wife's parents lived, so they were in our business a little bit. Okay. But uh, but yeah, it worked out. And then my my current wife, she's a computer uh, programmer. Mm -hmm. She worked for IBM for twenty three years, and that company just two months ago branched off. So yeah, she's really technical. I'm like a Polaroid man in a Snapchat world, you know. It's like, <laughs> so I got computer. I'm like, what's this? She's, yeah. yeah. How long have you been married to her? Yeah. 
No, it's nine years. It'll be nine years this Nine year. years? Yeah, yeah. My goodness. Boom, boom, boom. You've been really... I've had some some time in between, but yeah. So what do you have? What do you have on the flames now? What do you have what's going on now in your life? Like what I'm what working do you, what on? Do you do? What do you do? What do you do? No. I I still write music. Okay. Um, what type of music do you write? Is it is it classical music or you see astro music was an astro music even though the singer Kobayashi Ase passed mm -hmm. away uh, last year. Mm -hmm. I think they're still running. Uh, I haven't been in contact with them, but they do commercial songs, jingles, uh, background music, show themes. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of keep that when it comes to commercial. Right. So I don't work for Astro now. Uh, so what I do is there's a, um, if I want to make some extra bucks, right. the important music I keep for myself. Okay. You know. Now, you said the what music? The important music. Oh, the important music. Okay, yes. Okay. You know, uh, it's special to me. Right. Uh, I have a good friend that's you know in Los Angeles who he likes the same kind of music and I'm, we might share right, okay. and work together a little bit, right. but um, there's a studio close to my house, mm -hmm. and a lot of young bands, mm -hmm. a lot of punk bands, right. and I have a bass, right. and I have a keyboard, okay. a really good keyboard too. Okay. It's really old Roland, but it's really good, and it's easy for me to write a punk song. It basically it's three chords or it's punk. It's basically kind of fifties. If you know how to play mm -hmm. 50s music, you can, you can write, and as long as you can mix it up a little bit. Right. And a lot of these, even though it's so simple, a lot of these young Japanese kids don't have much imagination. I hear you. So if you throw in a little something, you can you can sell a song to them, and you can give them credit. It's just the ghostwriter. I'll go to the studio and hang out sometime, and some people will talk, and I'll give them a tape, and what do you think? Do you include... Um, um, words to to it, or you just is it? I music do with astro it? music, okay. and if they want me to, I'll yeah. do that. Okay. Um, and then I'm working on the. I've been doing this kind of for a long time. I'm researching castle cities, castle towns. Um, for example, Sendai. Okay. And at for a long time ago, when I was in my twenties, I thought about going to every castle in Japan. That's okay, been so okay. done. Right. That's right. been so done, and um, I. I more it went by, I got more into the culture of the actual towns. Like some daimyo had very unique personalities, very mm -hmm. great taste. Uh, Date Masamuni and Sendai. Mm -hmm. There's so many crafts from him alone. He designed the city of Sendai. Mm -hmm. and the foods, the um, sweets, the um, certain colors and styles, the type of dye, the type of different crafts they have in different of these centers that is dying a lot of these crafts. Mm -hmm. um, I want to make a documentary or I could write a book but a lot more people are more interested in visual so I'm compiling that. So uh, How long have you been working on that? <laughs> a few years now. Okay. I mean I'm trying to get it together. Mm -hmm. um, research wise I've been doing it for years because you learn more every day. There's some castle towns that don't have still standing castles, but that culture's still there. Right, right. And I, that's what I want to look into. And, you know, there's a lot of unique foods and things. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the crafts are disappearing. Um, and, yeah, like Date Masamuni sent an envoy all the way to Rome to meet the Pope. Mm. You know, I mean, it's some really cool characters. Kanazawa, that's uh, a beautiful town. Maeda had a lot of, they call it the second Kyoto, or a lot of those Second Kyoto's are around Japan and still so much culture. Do you plan on being here a lot longer? Or? I don't know where else to go. <laughs> I plan on staying. If I, I mean, you know, as long as 
as far as I know. Well, that leads us to my final question. Yes, sir. Would you consider a good life in Japan to be? A good life in Japan? Just as I said, um, learning something, not just the culture that you see, everyday culture, learning something everyday, something unique. Uh, for me, every day I learn something new. Uh, new words, new phrases, kanji. You, you, you don't have to be a master kanji, and if you just study kanji to study it, you don't get out of it. If you really kind of learn about it, and you get, you can take from it, you know, and different meanings it can mean. It, it's deep, you know, so uh, you learn something every day. I think that's the great thing about living in Japan. And basically, compared to a lot of places, it still is very friendly. Uh, people are generally, for the most part, polite. Yeah. That's so true. Shannon, thank you so much. I'm so happy you're one of my students. Oh, it was great pleasure. Great <laughs> pleasure. Let's not make it another 42 years. Okay? We won't. We won't. <laughs> okay. We're going to stay in touch. Since you're going to be here indefinitely, which I also plan to do. That's good. You know, as we travel, I'll be seeing you a lot more. Oh, I, look, I look forward to that. That's for sure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. Make sure you press like and subscribe and leave a comment or two. And remember, it's all unknown. So continue to reach for the stars because you're too blessed to be stressed. <laughs>